as you come to bless the Lord. Lord, we lift you in this place. We magnify you. Glorify you, O oh God. Let's sing to the Lord, church. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. That praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Oh, that praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. We sing your name in the dark and it changes everything.
about you and through you and for you and by you and because of you, Lord. We lift you and magnify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Continue to worship. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you are glad to be in church today in the presence of the King of Kings? And the Lord of Lords. Amen. Amen. So I want to welcome Mr. and Mrs. Ethan Orr back with us today. Those are newlyweds in the house just coming back from their little honeymoon. It don't last too long, so enjoy it. And uh, let's give them a hand clap today. Oh, Jesus, help us. And when I say the honeymoon doesn't last long, I'm talking about the trip you just took. You're back to reality. <laughs> Obviously, because I love my wife so much. I want to deal today with a, with a sermon that I feel like the Lord is speaking to us today. I really do. And um, in light of what was just sung, thank you, Pastor, for following God today. I feel like that, that song just spoke right into to where we're going to be going today. So, so thank you for following God in that today. I want to speak about how to walk in victory, all right? And before I close today, we've got other things to do, and I've got announcements. Please, don't let me forget these, all right? Everybody hear me? I've got announcements, and I've got a cake to, to get. Now, I've got a lot going on with this sermon. It's all in me, and i got to get it out. So at the close of service, who will promise me? I'll say, Pastor, do those announcements and give me my cake. <laughs> if the whole church forgets, then we are all failures, hopefully. 
we're not that bad and that forgetful today. I want to go to Psalm chapter 91. This is a powerful scripture. The Bible said, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I love this chapter. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence or perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers. Under his wings you will take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not. I, I, love, I love these scriptures because it's so powerful. You shall not. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor by the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday, 1,000 may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes you will look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Are you ready? David's not finished. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your Ways. Can somebody say amen to the reading of God's word today? What a powerful, powerful scripture today. This is really a chapter that I would call a chapter of declarations. It, it, I got yesterday, I was studying, and I got into my, my internet. I use, use Safari a lot, and I use searches, and I use Merriam-Webster's dictionary because I need to know what words mean to help me better grasp what I'm trying to tell you and to explain it a little better to where everybody can understand it in layman's terms. As I was looking down through the dictionary there and I was looking at the definitions for the word declaration, I came across one and when I came across it, it grabbed me and I forgot about all the other 20 definitions. This is what it said. A declaration is an announcement. When I read that, I said that's all that I need for tomorrow because I need some people to understand that we need to make some spiritual announcements today. We need to make some declarations today. We need to make some announcements that heaven will hear as well as hell will hear. We need to make declarations and announcements today that God will hear up above and the devil will hear down below. I want us to understand today, today is that day that we are about to make some announcements that are going to absolutely be life changing for you in this service today. We must understand you have to declare victory in all things in your life. You cannot just claim victory in partial victories. God wants you to walk in complete Victory. You see, th this is the deal. We try to get victory in certain things, and in certain areas, it's as if we don't think that God is capable of doing it. But I want you to understand now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or you could ever imagine. According to the power, today is Pentecost Sunday, the power of the Holy Spirit that is working within you. So I need everybody today to understand that if 
you are going to have victory in your life and walk in a life of victory, you have got to start making announcements and declare that you are victorious in all things. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter how long it's been going on. It is time for you to declare right here in the presence of God and man that you are about to have victory over those things in your life. Another word that I looked up is a word called passivity. Passivity is a spirit, and that spirit will absolutely kill you. Do you know what passivity means? Another dictionary word for me, and I'm looking down through there, and I'm trying to figure out what works best for my sermon. That's what I do, basically. And I found this one, and this is what it said. Acceptance of what happens. All right? That don't sound too bad, right? But it was the next part that grabbed me. It said without no response or no resistance to that thing that's happening in your life. And when I read that, I thought, now that I can preach passivity, acceptance of what happens without any resistance, without any, listen, without any response. In other words, I am just going to sit back and I am going to accept everything as if it's the will of God. Passivity is a spirit that is killing the Christian. Passivity is a spirit that is killing God's church because we have been passive long enough. In other words, passivity, what I'm trying to get to you is simply this, that we sit back and we say, well, if it's, a God, if it's God's will, it will happen, right? If it's God's will, it's going to work itself out anyhow. I believe that is one of the worst spirits that hell is using to fight against the church. Because we can't just sit back and say, well, whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen. Brother, we better hit our knees and pray and ask God to open up the heavens and pour down a blessing on us that we can't contain. I'm not just going to sit back and be passive and hope that everything works out and, and this and that and the other goes right and this goes wrong. And if it does, I'm not going to do anything. Passivity is a spirit. You better rebuke that thing off of your life. It will kill your relationship. It will kill your heart home. It will kill your marriage. You husbands, keep letting your wife tell you, honey, take out the trash. Take out the trash. Take out the trash. You go ahead and be passive. That woman's either going to divorce you after a while or she's going to hit you in the head with a frying pan. Either way, it's going to kill you. Passivity is not good. It kills relationships. It kills churches. If we just sit back and do absolutely nothing, it will kill us. We cannot be passive. We cannot be. There's four lepers at the gate of the city. They're about to die of leprosy, but they're starving to death, all right? Maybe leprosy is going to kill them. Eventually, it will because leprosy kills but they're not dying today because they're a leper. They're dying today because they're starving. And they need food. And they've been sitting outside the gate. And there's three passive ones that are saying, you know what? Hey, if it's the will of God, so be it. If we're going to die, let us die. Whatever. But there was one that rebuked the spirit of passivity. And he said, wait a minute. Why am I sitting here with you people until I die? 
Why am I going to sit here and be passive and just say, well, if it's the will of God, I'll just sit here and die. You know what they did? They said, you know what? We're going to jump on board with you. They went into the city. They may have died later of leprosy, but that day they found enough food for them and they took the spoils and went on their journey. They got the raid of city without any resistance, all because one person declared, we're going to get up from here and we are going to do something about it. The spirit of passivity will not kill us today. And I declare the same thing over you and your life today. You've got to get to the point that you understand there is a spiritual battle that is going on in your life. And then you decide enough is enough. I've had enough of this. We get to the place, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get the help that I need. I will walk in victory. It is a conscious decision. We do it. We make this decision. We have to make a decision. I will walk in victory. I will not live in defeat. That is a conscious decision. It is a way of thinking. It is a culture that we create within our own lives that would say, this is who I am. I am not a defeated Christian. I am not somebody that's always going to be the tail. I'm going to be the head. I'm not always going to be the guy that walks in the room and everybody's like, oh my goodness, here he is again. We're going to have to listen to him gripe and complain. I want to be the person that when I walk in the room, it lights up because I walk in with this spirit of excitement and I'm full of life and energy and I'm glad to be there. I'm telling you this is the way God has intended for us to be but for centuries and you know it I know it even thousands of years we could say not only hundreds of years sincere Christians have fallen prey to the seductions of this world we've seen it happen it has happened to, to ministries to ministers that we had confidence in right more and more people seemingly today they seem to be losing control of their life yes even God's people becoming enslaved with bad habits becoming enslaved by sin this, this is robbing them of their joy that they once had in the Lord yes God's people enslaved by these things these seductions of the world they enslave us they bring us into captivity we cannot no longer live in joy we, it robs us of our peace the peace of God that passes is all understanding and more than that if we allow the seductions of the world into our life it will rob us of the anointing that God has called us to walk in through the spirit of the Lord what do we need some people need healing from fear they're walking a life of fear and not faith they, they need healing from resentment and anger maybe bitterness that they have kept in their hearts for years and years and they never let it go maybe it's healing from lust in their life or our pride that is in their heart whatever it is they need to get rid of that in order to truly walk in the anointing of God and the victory of God Bob Gass 20 years ago said it this way and it's a transformative statement about walking in victory he said you're only as sick as the secrets that you keep there's darkness inside is what he was trying to say he further expounds that the moment that you reach into the darkness, not the darkness of the world, but the darkness that has crept into your life, and you stop hiding from your issues and the things in your life that you need to deal with, and you reach into the darkness in your life, and you pull those dark things out, and you reveal them to the light of God, and you reveal them to the Word of God, once they are exposed 
From that moment on, healing begins. And this is the problem with this. The devil knows that. But God has called us out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And the devil doesn't like that. Because if I am willing to deal with the darkness inside of me and bring it to light, I am getting ready to walk in more victory than I've ever walked before. The devil doesn't like it. See, see, here's the deal. I, I need to give you, how do I walk in victory? So I want to keep it simple. I want to give you a very simple strategy. I'm going to compound it into four simple, simple steps or points. The first one, you have to discern. Secondly, you have to believe God is for you. Thirdly, you have to decide. And fourthly, and I'll close with this, you have to declare. The first one discernment. What is discernment? Now I know if we were talking about the Holy Spirit today, we could get into the gifts of the Spirit, and I would tell you that the gift of discernment, it is in fact a gift of the Spirit. But, but that's not what I'm talking about today. There has been a certain amount of discernment that has been given to every one of us that is a child of God. Right? We know right from wrong. There's something in us. It's, you know, it's kind of like that mama intuition. Mama used to tell me things like, you don't need to be there tonight. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? But there is something in her spirit. It is discernment that is saying, no, nah, he doesn't need to be at that place at that time. There's trouble there. Something is going to happen there. That discernment kicks in. So how can I explain to you what discernment is? You have to get 20-20 vision in the spirit. That's what I'm going to say. 20-20 vision. Anybody been to the eye doctor lately? Now, I know today I don't look like I have any corrective lenses in. I do have a pair of glasses at the house. And I do have contacts in. Negative 4.50, I think. Negative or positive? Which one's worse? I don't know. It's the worst. That's what I do know. If I popped these bad boys out, I was preaching one Sunday, and my eyes were itching, and I rubbed them, and it got caught in the side, and I was seeing double, and I was oh, my God. I went to read my notes, and I'm sitting here doing like this, trying to read with one eye. Thank the Lord that God just let it slide right back into place, and I just kept on going. But this natural vision that I have, let me tell you something, it's blurry at best. It is not good. If I take these contacts out, I can't even see the people that are sitting in this congregation clearly. They become blurry to me. I could not even preach this sermon to you unless I was sitting here like this. And that would just be awkward for all of us. Discernment is when God lets me see clearly. Amen. Discernment is when the blurry fades away and the 2020 comes in. God, you have to... To have real discernment to understand the real battleground of this situation you're dealing with. You have to th thoughtfully and prayerfully take a look. Not at the surface. Sometimes you got to get beneath the surface to see what is really going on. There is more than meets the eye. Anybody ever heard that? There is more than just the surface of things. You dig away some layers and you begin to find that beneath every proposal that's given to you, beneath whether it's every negative or positive report, every voice of so-called cancel in your life, you better dig beneath the surface because motives matter. What do you mean, Pastor? Not everyone has your best interest at their heart. 
There are some people that will come into your life. I'm preaching to you right now. There are some people that are going to come into your life. You are going to need the spiritual discernment to pick up on the fact that those people are not meant to be there right now. You, you ask Joseph. He's walking and what did his brother say? Oh, here comes that dreamer. Would the God he'd have had a dream about this one, but I guess it's the plan of God so it all works out. But he's going into the field and what do they do? They grab him and say, away with this dreamer. Let's throw him in this pit and let him die. You'd have thought his brothers would have had the best interests at heart, but even their motives were wrong and not pure when they threw him in that pit. So much of life that we deal with, it is dealing with relationships and it is dealing with what? People. You deal with them on your job? Yes, the ones you don't even like. But you have to learn to deal with them. Your relationships are a little different because you can pick who your friends are. We need this discernment, this 2020 vision in the spirit to understand if there is an agenda behind the scenes, we need to pray and ask God, reveal this to me. I was reading my Bible the other day and it was three wise men. You remember reading about the birth of Jesus Christ? And there's three wise men that come to Herod and Herod has just ordered, said I want all the babies, baby boys, not girls, baby boys two years and under to be thrown in the Nile, let the crocodiles eat them, all because there's a king named Jesus that's about to be born and he wants that baby gone because it intimidates him that he's going to get his throne. And so what does he do? He tells the wise men, he says, hey, when you find this Jesus, would you send word back to me? I too want to bow down and worship him. But being warned of God in a dream, discernment kicked in and said there are wrong motives from this individual. Herod does not have the child's best interests at heart. And guess what they did? They left the town another way so God could protect Jesus Christ as a baby. Listen, when you bring a person into your life, you not only bring the person into your life, but you bring the spirit of that person into your life. If the spirit of that person is negative, then guess what's going to happen eventually to you? You're going to get it too. And you're going to be negative. If the spirit of that person is critical. That's why some churches, somebody gets saved, starts coming to the church. And they start visiting over there with sister. Uh, give me a name. Somebody that's not in the church. What can we call her? Sister Tootsie. All right. There we go. They want to talk to Sister Tootsie over there. And Sister Tootsie, oh, she's well-meaning. I know she loves Jesus and all, but she's the most critical woman in the church. She's critical about the pastor. She's critical about the members. She's critical about the church. She's critical about the songs. She's critical about the music. And you're sitting here saying, oh, my gosh, get away from Tootsie. Because we understand that if they become friends and if they get tight, eventually the critical spirit of, of Sister Tootsie is going to roll over on this new convert. You've got to have discernment and understand there are some people that are not meant to be in your life. People do not just bring their physical presence, but they bring their mess to discern that, run away from it. Next, you need to focus 2020 on what you have going for you. I want to give you this. God is on your side. I'm going to say it again. God is on your side. The creator of the universe that spoke things into existence. He's on your team. 
Furthermore, it's Pentecost Sunday. You have the power of the Holy Spirit on your side. I want you to grab that. You are not walking defeated. You are walking in power. God said, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit and you shall have power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to all the world. I wish somebody would hear me today. You've got the Spirit. You've got the Word of God on your side. You have everything you need. And then in Psalm 91, 11, the Bible says that he will give his angels charge over you. So now the Bible says that we got angels that will protect us. Are y'all reading the same Bible I am? There's another place that said the angels of the Lord encamp. It's Psalm 34. They encamp around those that, that love them. So you can get angels encamping around your house. You can get angels encamping around your life. Listen, folks. If you look at the natural, if you look at this world, you are going to get discouraged. I'm telling you it is going to happen. But I'm also telling you that if you just... Take a moment and have faith and believe. I am telling you on the authority, not of myself, but on the authority of the Word of God. There are some unseen forces that are going on in your life. There are battles raging in your life. But I have come to tell you, you are not alone. Little David went to fight a giant and said, this battle, it is not mine. This battle belongs to the Lord. I want you to know that today. You have the blood of Jesus working for you. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. The blood of Jesus protects you. Just ask the Israelites whenever they were in Egypt. And the blood is applied over the doorpost. And the angel passes over them. You've got the blood. Number two, God is for you. I need, I need you to grab this today. You know what else is for you? The name of Jesus. You just sung about it in length. Do you know the power of the name of Jesus is in your life and on your side? Somebody just say hallelujah. <laughs> There's a demon being cast out in the Bible. I think it's in the book of Acts. And uh, this guy's running behind him and saying, In the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, you come out of this man... That demon in Seven Sons of Sceva, demon jumps on them and says, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, but who are you? Not everybody has the authority to use the name of Jesus. That is for the redeemed. Sinners can sit there all day. Jesus this, Jesus that. Lukewarm people that aren't even saved can sit there and say, Jesus this and Jesus that. All it is is a form and a fashion. But there is no power thereof. But to the child of God that has the blood applied and they got the Holy Ghost living in them, when they use the name of Jesus, devils have to back up. Devils sit in a corner like a little cat in a room full of rocking chairs with its tail tucked in, scared that it's going to roll on them. They're trembling over there. That is the power the name of Jesus has over the devil. So today, what are you focusing on, right? If God's for you, what are you so focused on that's got you distracted from walking a life of victory? See, is it your weakness or is it his strength? Paul said, when I am weak, then am I strong. 
It is not in my power or my might. It is the power of Christ, he goes on to explain, that comes upon me and gives me this strength that I need to be an overcomer. The same is for you today. My goodness, I've got to hurry. So the greatest battle that will ever happen, it is not with me, it is not with your neighbor, it is not even with your who you think is your enemy. A lot of times I don't even think it's the devil. I think the greatest battle that will ever happen is in your mind. D.L. Moody, who was one of the greatest preachers of all time, walked into a room and looked into a mirror and said the words, if I didn't have so much problem with you, I would be okay. The battle that is going on in your life, sometimes the devil doesn't even have to attack you. It's all up here in your head. And you have talked yourself out of victory. But there is something. Oh God. There is something about getting in the presence of God. In the presence of Jesus. And then you can look at your fear and say, fear, it is time for you to get out. And you can say to faith, it is time for you to move in. When we get in the presence of Jesus, our minds get renewed. Our way of thinking changes. We get brainwashed. I know some of you are thinking, oh my God, is Jimmy going Jim Jones on us? Nah, not that kind of brainwashed. I mean the Spirit literally cleanses our brain. I mean the power of God begins to wash it and just purify it, transform it, and say this world has tried to put things up there that ought not be. But when I get in the presence of God, let me think everything that is pure. Let me think everything that is of a good report. Everything changes up here when I get in the presence of Jesus. And the devil knows that. That's why your mind has been giving you such a fit. Oh, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me today. It's the greatest battle that I can be washed. So I take on this world. I know that God is going to be with me. You have to take control of the strongholds in your life. If God is for us, then who in the world can stand against us? I always read that verse and I always thought, well, people can stand against you. So sometimes I just say it this way. If God is for you, who or what can stand against you and actually win? The answer is nothing or nobody. God is for you. Thirdly, and I hurry through this, you have to decide enough is enough. You have to reach a place that something's got to give. Anybody ever been there before? <clears throat> Where you made up your mind and said, I'm done with it. Something's got to change. Nothing will happen in your life until you decide it's time for it to change. It's taking place up here, ladies and gentlemen. It is all about that discernment. It is all about that vision. It is clarity of 2020, seeing that God is still there with you. Nothing happens until you decide. And see, and this is the kicker, and that is not until your pain level exceeds your comfort level. What does that even mean, Pastor? What it simply means is this. Pain is not your enemy. Pain is your servant. What does pain do? Pain lets you know. Right, Y'all go home this evening. Oh my gosh, I got a pounding headache. What is pain letting you know? 
Either you rise up with faith, lay hands on yourself, anoint yourself with oil, rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and walk away healed. Or either you take the easy route out and grab a cup of Tylenol. Ibuprofen. Pain is letting you know there's something wrong. And I'm telling you, there are times that we deal with pain in our life. But I'm telling you, what, the, what it says is there's pain, there is a problem, and it needs to be fixed. So do you know what God says when I start hurting in here? He says you need to reach into the darkness. You need to drag it out of the darkness, and you need to deal with it. Whether it's bitterness, whether it's anger, whether it's battling yourself, whether it's not letting go of some of the pain that you experienced at work, I don't know where it is. I don't know if it's a pain from a past relationship but God said it is time for you to drag that thing out of the darkness in your heart reveal it to God's light and say I am not living under this condemnation anymore I'm not walking in this darkness anymore I'm going to walk in the light and I am going to learn to walk in victory So you have to decide enough is enough. I'm not going to hide anymore. I'm not going to pretend everything is all right. I got to get real with the situation. I'm tired of living in a fantasy land. I have decided to follow Jesus. And that's the bottom line. And I'll leave you with this. Five more minutes. You have to declare. It is declaration time. Children of God, today... On May the 28th, the year 2023, hey, I've got an announcement. It is time for somebody in this house to let all of hell know and let the devil know that you are about to make some announcements, some declarations. You must declare the word of God over your addictions. They've got to go. You must go ahead today and make an announcement to the fear and frustration that has been living inside of you. It is time to make an announcement and a declaration. Fear, you cannot live here anymore. Over your worry, over your bondages, things that are just binding you from being the Christian God wants you to be. You've got to rebuke that right now. Every problem you have, declare the word of God over it. Now this is what I need you to get before I close. When you speak it, it is born. Let me get my mic closer. Did everybody hear that? When you speak it, it is born. Whether negative or whether positive, when you speak it in your life, immediately it is born. If you say, there's no way I'm going to be able to make it, bam, it has been born. As you continue to declare it so, do you know what happens to this little beautiful, precious little baby that we used to hold? It begins to grow. And the more you magnify it and the more you declare it, the bigger that baby gets until adulthood. And now I'm a Christian, air quotes, walking around defeated. I'm walking around, I'm never going to be better than. I'm never going to get a better job. I'm never going to get a pay raise. I, nothing's going to go right for me. It'll go right for everybody else. It ain't going right for me. See, I need you to understand you spoke it. That's why it's in your life. But bipolar opposite, if I speak, uh -uh. 
victory. Victory is mine. Satan, you will not win. And if I speak that every single day, immediately it is born. And the more I speak it, guess what? It begins to grow. Every time I walk in this church and say, God, every pew or every seat is going to be filled. I'm making a declaration. Every time that I say when people walk in this church, they're going to feel the anointing of God. And their life is going to be changed for the better. I'm speaking it. It's growing bigger and bigger. Your words will either activate angels or your words will activate demons. You choose. Daniel's praying. He's believing God. There's an answer on the way. What did God do? He activated angels to run and take charge over his situation. And here comes Michael the archangel running to his aid saying Daniel God has heard your prayer there's a spiritual battle you know that you've discerned this you got 2020 you know there's a warfare going on but God here I am God sent me and I'm here to help you and to give you strength but if you are always defeated and talking discouragement the enemy demons are going to come and they're going to rail on you and they're going to beat on you and they're going to mock you go to the piano I'm closing I'm closing with this Walk in victory. Stop saying what your flesh wants you to say. And start declaring what God says, amen and amen. And I promise you today that there is not one defeated word in the mouth of God. God has never spoken a word of defeat. As a matter of fact, God don't even know how to talk that way. He was victorious in life. He was victorious in death. He'll be victorious when he comes back again. All he knows is victory. Declare what God. Walk in victory, not defeat. Oh, decide today. It's a day of action. Today is a day of change. Do the things you need to do and see whatever comes into your mind when I say that. That is exactly what you need to deal with. Whatever that is, you need to reach into the darkness. And you need to pull that bad boy out into the light and say, no, 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 no. That's defeat. I'm walking in victory. Reveal it to God's light. You haven't been called to walk in darkness. You've been called to walk in His marvelous light. Declare truth and victory over your situation. Declare truth and victory over your family. Declare hope, not worry and despair. These are inheritances that you have because you are a child of God. When your mama died, your daddy died, your uncle died, your 25th cousin you didn't know died. And they opened up that wheel and they start reading and they're like, oh, you get this, you get that. Do you know what that's called? That's called inheritance. When Jesus left this world, he left a lot of those to us. By my stripes, you are healed. You can do all things through Christ 
who gives you the strength to do it. He left a pile of inheritances that are ours. Let's all stand. I'll leave you with this and I'm closing. Put Romans 4 up, Chevy, if you don't mind. Man, I about preached my voice out today. I'm so excited. As we're going King James Version. As it is written, I have made thee, Abraham, a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and, this is where I need you to see it, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. One more time. And calleth those things which be not as though they already were. Now, I'm going to put this into perspective really quick. When God speaks, it's as good as done. Did you grab that? If you're defeated today, if God says you will walk in victory, then bless God, you will walk in victory. If your bills aren't paid and you don't have the money to pay them, if God says money's coming tomorrow, money's coming tomorrow. He calls those things which be not as though they were. But this is what God spoke to me, and I wrote a little note in my Bible. Let faith arise, and may we, the children of God, declare things that be not as though they already are. Declare! It is! But Pastor... You don't understand my situation, Pastor. I'm living it in real time. I know you want to feel the spirit today and try to tell me there's hope in my despair. Quit living in a fantasy land like all these people have been living on Facebook and Instagram here lately. You need to rebuke the spirit of that off of you is what you need to do first. Get that off of you. You act like you're serving a weak God. And you are not. You are serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And if I serve a God that can speak things into existence that are not, He said, let there be a son. There wasn't a son. But when He said, let there be a son, bam, there be. I love it. Because that's what God does. And God is trying to impart that same faith into your life today. Inject you with it. You can do the same thing. You can speak it. And bam. All of a sudden when faith arises. It can happen for you too. Sing it. The altars are open today. I'm finished preaching. I've sweated. I've spit it. I've slumbered. I've done everything. Reach into the darkness. Pull those things to light. Reach into your mind. The battle and struggle you've been having lately. Laying that at night and worrying about stuff. Reach in and grab it and pull it into the light of God. Don't let it live in your mind anymore in Jesus' name. You will 
victory and not defeat. You will walk in victory and not defeat.
that is full of hundreds of promises on your side. You have the blood of Jesus that you can plead on your side. You have the name of Jesus that you can say on your side. Now tell me that you don't have the victory. You may not see it yet, but I'm telling you, you have the victory. In Jesus' name, you pull things that are in you that are dark, you pull them into the light. The biggest battlefield, I feel it strongly, that is going on in your mind, that's the darkest place. Whether it's for you, your family, other people that you're in relationships with, friends, it doesn't matter. Those dark things that are in your head, those discouraging thoughts that are always beating you down. I am saying you, to you today, it is time for you to reach in and to pull those things out into the light. And once you reveal them to the light of God, 
That's all you can do. That is all you are required to do. The Word of God will do the cleansing. The Word of God will do the healing. You just reveal those things. Bring them out in prayer and faith. And then you watch God deal with them. If you could do it yourself, you would have already done it. You can't. But if you're willing to reach in and pull out those things, I hear it is, God. I refuse to walk in defeat any longer. I'm going to walk in victory. That's exactly what's going to happen in your life. If you thank God for that today, would you shout amen? Amen. amen. Give God